Scriptural Sexual Ethics Point number one. Redemption is not a sham. Victory over lust. In the great divorce written by C.S. Lewis, hell and heaven are quite separate places. He actually wrote this in response to a book that had been written that tried to merge the two. But in his book, what, what happens is people can come from a place that's very much like purgatory or purgatory itself and visit a place near heaven and take a look and decide whether they want to go there, whether they want to have their lives changed and get into heaven. And so what happens is, is one man is, is at this place in front of heaven wondering if he should go and he's seeing other what, what, what C.S. Lewis refers to as ghosts. Ghosts are former men nearing heaven's gate from this, this uh, place of purgatory. They are called ghosts because they don't yet have their physical bodies reunited with them. And he says that he sees a dark and oily ghost. And the man, that dark and oily ghost, has on his shoulder a chattering lizard a little red lizard who, uh, who is actually a lizard of lust. And so, let me read you a few portions and I'll comment as I go along. What sat on the ghost's shoulder was a little red lizard and it was twitching its tail like a whip and whispering things in the ghost's ear. The ghost said to the lizard, Shut up, I tell you. It wagged its tail and continued to whisper to him. The ghost meets a shining angel and the angel makes an appeal to the, to the ghost saying, Nay, I kill the lizard. And the ghost says, Please, really, don't bother. Look, it's gone to sleep of its own accord. I'm sure it'll be alright now. Thanks ever so much. And then the angel says, Nay, I kill it. And the ghost replied, I think the gradual process will be far better than killing it. And the angel said, the gradual process is of no use at all. And so what happens is the angel and the ghost have, have this extended conversation. The angel continuing to say, let me kill the lizard for you. And, and the ghost wanting to deal with the lizard, wanting the lizard to shut up, but doesn't really want to see the lizard killed. So finally the lizard which had fallen asleep, awakes and makes one last appeal to the ghost, asking him to make the choice not to have him killed. The lizard says to the ghost, Be careful. The angel can do what he says. He can kill me. Then you'll be without me forever. It's not natural. How could you live? You'd be only a sort of a ghost, not a real man as you are, as you are right now. And I'll be good, I admit, I've sometimes gone too far in the past, but I promise I won't do it again. I'll give you nothing but really nice dreams, all sweet and fresh and almost innocent. The angel said, Have I your permission to kill the lizard? I cannot kill it without your permission. 
Finally, the angel was granted permission by the ghost. So the angel grabbed the lizard and broke its back and threw it to the ground. The ghost also fell and appeared dead. But then the ghost started to rise, and he became an immense man, naked, not much smaller than the angel, with strong legs and hands and shoulders. The angel came to life as the greatest stallion I have ever seen, silvery white, but with mane of tail, uh, but, but with mane and tail of gold. At each stamp of its foot, the land shook. Horse and new-made man breathed into each other's nostrils. The man leaped upon the stallion and the two were like a shooting star, scaling what seemed impossible steeps until they vanished into the everlasting morning. The teacher said, What is the lizard compared with the stallion? Lust is a poor, weak, whimpering, whispering thing compared with that richness and energy of desire which will arise when lust has been killed. You see, we feel that lust is all we have. And if we're without it, we would never be real men. But lust is the disordered desire to take that which is not mine for my own gain. Let me say that again. Lust is the disordered desire to take that which is not mine for my own gain. It's like grabbing the cookies before they're opened. Did you know a wife who's been married even 20 years can feel uncomfortable by her husband's gaze? when she senses that it's lustful rather than guided by true love. But just as with the ghost carrying the lizard, Christians must be willing to die and grant permission for this lizard of lust to be killed so that we, so that we can be raised to something far more glorious. There is no other way. The path from the dumpster to the banquet contains the cross. Jesus Christ provides victory over the lust in me. This is not merely suppression of lust, but victory over it. It is here, in lust versus redemption, that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ become the reality in our lives. Or else it just remains a theological idea fit only for academic studies. If you permit Christ to slay the lust... You can become a real man. But he loved the church and he gave himself for her, the scriptures say. When we permit our lust to be slain, we don't lose our sexual desire. It's redeemed to allow the message of the gospel to love each other as I have loved you, as Jesus said. This is the deepest meaning of our sexuality, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Give yourself for this teaching so that you might give yourself for her. You know, God gave us an enormously intense fuel in order to bring us to heaven. C.S. Lewis says that a man could populate a city if you really wanted to and were given the opportunity. So it's like a rocket engine. God has given men this enormous rocket engine. And what happens is we invert this on ourselves and it destroys us. 
But if you let this message sink in, these rocket engines, these urges, these urges that men have, can be redirected and properly directed. But Christians think that the rocket engines are bad because they've been so hurt and wounded by them. But if these rocket engines are properly directed, it can take a life and make it beautiful. The fact that sexuality can be so painful is a testimony that inverting the engine will mean life for the world. But if anyone knows the way to the resurrection without going to the cross, let me know. Therefore, along the way to the banquet, there will be falling, piercing, grief, and pain. But the banquet is truly glorious. So what is the path to redemption? Well, there are three ways to deal with lust. And here, ladies and gentlemen, are the tools. There are three ways to deal with lust. The first way is to indulge. And I don't recommend that one. It leads to a constant discontentment and disillusionment and will ultimately destroy your marriage and possibly your life. There's another way to deal with lust and that is called suppression. You suppress it. And this is where most Christian education will lead us. And it ends up in turning of the rocket engine on oneself. The fantasy life goes crazy. It leads to disordered thoughts of all types, fantasizing about another while in the very sexual act of marriage. We're like whitewashed tombs looking good on the outside yet bursting within, unable to control thoughts and acts like masturbation even in marriage. It also makes us most judgmental of the indulgent because we long to be able to do what they do Yet we chain ourselves and then can therefore only spit and rage. And this is one of the main things that I confront in evangelical churches. It is men, middle-aged and older men, being judgmental of others because of sexual sin. And one of the reasons they're so judgmental is because they have fantasy lives which are driving them crazy. And they long to be able to do what those others do, yet they chain themselves, so they spit and rage. Because they have never learned the path to redemption. That is the third way to deal with this problem. That is the path to redemption. And this is how it goes. Men, you need to learn this prayer. Women, you need to learn this prayer. You pray this prayer. Say, I thank you, Lord, for the beauty of this woman. She is made in the image of God. By the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, may I never use her as an object for my own lustful gain. And by that power, please untwist in me that which sin has twisted. And may I come to see my sexuality rightly. So when you are walking along and you see some woman walking who's beautiful and your mind starts going after that woman, or when you're all alone in your own room and you start having lustful thoughts, you say, I thank you, Lord, for the beauty in this woman. 
she is made in the image of God. By the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, may I never use her as an object for my own lustful gain. And by that power, please untwist in me that which sin has twisted. And may I come to see my sexuality rightly. You know what? When I say that prayer, go figure, God answers. It is not magic. It is prayer. Something that God has promised. Women, you say this prayer. I thank you, Lord, for this man. He is made in the image of God. By the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, may I never use him or seduce him for an object of my own physical or emotional gain. And by that power, please untwist in me that which sin has twisted. And may I come to see my sexuality rightly. So woman, your prayer is, I thank you Lord for this man. He is made in the image of God. By the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, may I never use him or seduce him for an object of my own physical or emotional gain. And by that power, please untwist in me that which sin has twisted. And may I come to see my sexuality rightly. And you see, that when you pray this prayer, God will answer. This is the difference between redemption and suppression. Suppression leads us to a fantasy life that drives us crazy. What redemption does is it takes that image in our mind and immediately turns it back to God and acknowledges the beauty of the individual, acknowledges that the individual has been made in the image of our beautiful God. It asks God and appeals to Him that we never use that image or that person for an, as an object of our own lustful gain. This is what I see, men. This is the only way that I have seen in my own life that I have seen victory. This is the only way. Suppression does not do it. And I followed a path of suppression for many, many years. This is the path to success, men. This is the path to success, women, in redemption. So as a summary of this section, lust is the disordered desire to take that which is not mine for my own gain. Lust is the disordered desire to take that which is not mine for my own gain. And lust can be absolutely overwhelming in its power. But there are three ways to deal with lust. One is indulge, another suppress, and a third is redemption. And redemption is the only thing that will result in victory over lust.